BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And this week, I'm going to be joined for our current mood combo with Meredith Feynman. She has her new book out called Brag Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion. Meredith is the founder and CEO of Finepoint, which is a leadership and professional development company that elevates individuals from young professionals to CEOs. And Brag Better is a guide to self-advocacy for the highly competent professionals who struggle to communicate their accomplishments to others. We had such an amazing conversation that I really think just kind of reframes your mind about being proud of yourself and kind of learning to brag about yourself in a healthy and meaningful way, whether it's in the workplace or in your relationships or day-to-day life, anything. It's a really eye-opening conversation. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to it and meet Meredith. But first, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. My best mood this week actually is perfect timing because after my fabulous conversation with Meredith, I also had an amazing therapy session and I did a really good job of like kind of getting my shit together this week and I was kind of reminded to value myself and I think it always is like, you know, brag about yourself, be proud of yourself, but then I kind of maybe heard it said differently to me, which is always why we talk so much about different things because it's all about how we digest them, right? Every toolbox is pretty similar, but it's just how we digest these tools and learn to use them in in a way that makes sense to us. And so when my therapist told me I need to value myself, I was like, oh, that's like a really, that's a term that really makes me understand the concept of being proud of proud of yourself and not being just constantly hard on yourself or shaming yourself and so when she said that it really stuck with me and like I'm allowed to be proud because proud sounds so boastful and so non-humbling and so value myself it also kind of relates to how we take care of ourselves and how you know when I thought about it and I kind of want to do a whole podcast episode about this so let me know if you want something like this and you can just dm me at mood with Lauren Elizabeth and when I thought about the words taking care of yourself I forgot that it's like oh like self like I'm the one doing it like I'm doing the work yes it's for me but it's also necessary in every aspect of my life because if I'm not taking care of myself I can't take care of other people I can't take care of business and so when I realized the word self I was like whoa like self I'm the one doing it I'm taking care of myself by myself for myself And I started reframing my mind to just value myself and give myself a pat on the back and know that I'm 
worth taking care of. And so that was kind of my best mood of the week is just having that little moment of valuing myself, learning to value myself more. And hopefully I can continue doing that. And my worst mood of the week is just totally opposite of like what is logical because I'm so excited. I'm going home on Sunday. So I'm going to be home in Chicago for a whole month, which is the longest I think I've been home since I was 19. So that's getting close up there to 10 years, but not quite, not that old yet. And I just started getting anxiety around leaving um, my bubble and traveling and you know, what it's going to be like in a different environment and how am I going to handle it? What are my new tools? Like I could do literally a whole episode about that because it has to do a lot with my anxiety triggers and sobriety. And I'm just kind of learning to be gentle and know that of course I'm going to be anxious going into a new situation. It's totally normal. And it's just only my worst mood just because, you know, I am so excited. And so it is a bummer to obviously have that physical anxiety creeping in when in reality, I'm so freaking excited to have a break and get out of town. It is so beyond much needed. And I'm obviously going to be extremely safe and I just think it actually will be some good like reset time to recharge reset and take care of myself even more but you know I think the most important thing I wanted to remind you guys and I think I'm going to continue reminding you guys is that you can feel two things at the same time you can have your best mood and worst mood happening simultaneously simultaneously it's not black and white and it's not that you have to be one thing or the other your best and worst mood could be happening literally at the same time I'm excited but I'm anxious I'm ready to go home but I'm nervous or I'm stressed like you don't just have to be one mood and I think that's a really good reminder because it's you know we're all human and also just not being so hard on yourself and creating a narrative that just because you're anxious, it means you're not excited. So just because I'm having this worst mood doesn't mean it kind of takes away the best mood of, oh my God, I'm so excited that I'm going home. But yeah, I'm literally so fucking stressed and so fucking anxious because I'm a psycho and we all know it. I can't stop singing on the podcast and it like really needs to stop. I mean, I hate my voice just in general, but it's like singing like that takes it to the next level. Fuck. Okay. Before we jump into mood boosters, or as I like to say, mood boosters. Okay. I'm really done after that time. I just like couldn't help continue a bit when the bit is already dead. You know what I mean? Okay. I am so excited about this sponsor because I have a lot of big, big plans for the new year. And you guys know I'm the queen of home decor. If you watch me on YouTube, you know that I use FrameBridge to frame three black and white photos in my home. It was like such a mood booster in general because I just feel like it makes your home actually homey. So like, yes, home decor is great and shopping is great, but like actually having people over and having them see your family or your memories like what's important to you framed in your aesthetic because yeah I'm still not going to sacrifice my aesthetic okay you guys so I did black and white I do a matte border of just white and then I do black frames and now that I'm working with FrameBridge I am ordering three more frames I said I was going to stop FrameBridge is an amazing new service and you guys know I found them before. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. Thank God. 
From art prints and posters to the photos sitting on your phone, you can FrameBridge just about anything. And honestly, FrameBridge is the perfect way to give easy and thoughtful gifts in just minutes. You can turn a photo from your phone into one of your best gifts ever. That's how my whole FrameBridge experience started. It was my secret Santa gift last year. One of my girlfriends got me a FrameBridge frame with just a photo of all of our friends on her phone. And you guys, it is so, so easy. And even though these photos are coming from your phone, like you would never know. It is so high quality. It looks incredible. It is done so well. It's, I I mean, it's a genius invention and it's a must have. All you do is you go to framebridge.com and you upload your photo or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. And then you can preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. You can choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers, which is actually what I'm doing this round because I want everything to match really accordingly, like in the same crop size and canvas size. I'm getting really detailed this time, you guys. The experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece straight to you or anyone on your list. A handcrafted personalized gift from FrameBridge starts at $39. And all shipping is free. Plus, my listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com. All you have to do is use my code MOOD. So get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code MOOD to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com promo code MOOD. That's framebridge.com promo code MOOD. Now jumping into mood boosters. Honestly, that is one of my mood boosters. I'm not going to lie. Everything I said is completely true. And I'm really excited for the new home ideas I have for the new year. And I think that's probably one of the reasons I'm stressed out is because I'm leaving my bubble and maybe putting aside some responsibilities, even the fun ones, you know. Don't worry, I have someone coming to pick up my frame so they don't sit outside, okay? I've had this all planned out. So besides the stress, let's talk about actual mood boosters, My first mood booster has been my Array Calm Pills. I know I've mentioned them before, but I'm really, really just banking on those this week. And I just ordered new bloat pills and calm pills to go home. I think it's nice when like you also have tangible tools. So yes, a mood booster is like, it's going to be, so a mood booster, yes, it's going to be actually making a plan this week. I'm whipping back out the journal. I'm going to actually start writing down how I feel. I'm going to actually make sure I make a self-care plan. It's something my therapist and I used to do before I would go home for the holidays because it would always really stress me out. I feel like I'm not someone that's good at just like staying on top of stuff. Like I I don't get as motivated in different environments. It's very bizarre. And it's always something that has really, really bothered me. So a mood booster for me this week is going to make sure I just have everything in my toolkit to go home for the holidays. And I'm sure some of you guys can relate, whether it's just how you're spending the holidays or where you're going for the holidays safely, I hope. And so the calm pills are something that I really love for nighttime because I get really anxious when I'm traveling at nighttime in a new space when I'm not in my own bed. Luckily, I'm bringing my emotional support dogs, Nuggie and Belle. They have no idea what's coming. No idea. So all in all for mood boosters, it's just getting everything under control, leaning on the things that legitimately, this is why mood boosters are so important. I have to lean on the things that boost my mood, especially when I know I'm going into a situation that I don't normally thrive in I feel like especially now this podcast can really hold us accountable to taking care of ourselves and having the best and safest holiday ever I don't know why I just sounded like a valley girl 
truly, truly sorry for that one, you guys. And I actually am eating one of my current mood boosters right now, which is the Saqqara bars. I love their beauty bar now. I've always liked their detox bar, but now I like their beauty bar a lot. And I also snack on their granola. Add it to the list. Before I bring out Meredith for an amazing conversation, I want to talk to you guys about Ancestry.com because this holiday season will undoubtedly be like no other and families may not have the opportunity to be physically together due to COVID-19, social distancing, and financial restraints. Despite the global events that may have kept us apart physically, Ancestry brings you closer to family, past and present, through your shared history. Ancestry is the family activity and gifting solution for the highly unusual 2020 holiday season. So even if you can't all be under one roof for the holidays, you can still bring the family together with a gift of family history at Ancestry.com. You can give your loved ones an Ancestry gift membership to let them discover the fascinating people in their past or surprise them with Ancestry DNA so they can uncover their origins. The holiday sale at Ancestry is the perfect time to treat someone you love to a gift that connects them to family in new meaningful ways. I actually should do this for my brother because he's always trying to figure out our history lately and it's honestly very hard to figure out and like older people don't really remember so doing this like really triggers some memories for them and you can actually find out even more you can find out where your ancestors are from and ancestry's billions of records and millions of family trees let you discover their unique stories which is really cool so don't miss a special holiday pricing on truly meaningful gifts during the holiday sale at ancestry head to my url at ancestry.com mood to get your ancestry health kit today that's ancestry.com mood okay guys so for today's current mood combo i am so excited to have meredith Feynman on the podcast and you guys always know that i get obsessively stocky and just super into whatever author is sending me their books there are so many gems coming just into my inbox and this is one i'm so excited about because of course it always relates to my life somehow so we are going to pick meredith's brain on her new book brag better meredith thank you so much for coming on mood i'm so happy to be chatting with you how does it feel releasing a book that you can actually brag about? <laughs> so yes, Brag Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion came out in June and it's it's really wild. I've been working on it for about seven years um, or at least when I first came up with the concept, but having it come out in a pandemic, it was supposed to come out in May, it came out in June because genuinely uh, Amazon was prioritizing medical supplies as it should have been Um, and so it's hard because I had all my outfits picked out for my book tour and whatnot but it's been really really fun to have a book like this help people at a time where thinking about how to find and use your voice is already scary but we're behind screens and so yeah it's it's really wild to hold it and see that it exists for real um, and, and super fun. I was going to ask you just about, because I know my audience so well. So before I ask you about your audience and what the response has been, like you're saying during a pandemic, can you give us really quick, like your backstory? Cause I know you're a writer. We were just chatting before the podcast, but what's kind of just like the down low of how you even got from seven years of creating this book? Yes. So I am a freelance writer of 15 years. I am an author of this book. Uh, a consultant, a founder. I started my company Fine Point about 10 years ago. Now it's a mixture of writing, speaking and training on bragging and self-promotion, which I'll explain how I got into that, Um, media relations and sort of executive coaching and professional development, which is sort of a mouthful. But I toe the line between being sort of in PR and media relations and also being in executive strategy 
help teach people how to be out there. I specialize in women in positions of power and what it means to be a woman in public. But I always say I will also take men's money. Um, So I don't only work with women. But I came to this crossroads where my company was much more public relations driven. And I got bored and frustrated because I saw that the habits of PR people, which are often poo-pooed or made fun of or people have thoughts about what publicists are like and they're often branded as ditzy women, which is just usually like misogynist BS, but it's soft skills and that's a whole other conversation. So I saw the like habits of pitching and packaging being super useful for my friends, for clients, for everyone really. And nobody had really thought about making a PR skill set into a trainable skill that everyone can have, which is what brag better is. And I also realized that nobody knew how to talk about themselves. And it was so frustrating. And that was not changing the more senior someone got. So it wasn't like when I was at a big conference and speaking and talking to some of the other speakers or just meeting high-level people, they still couldn't brag about their work. But it was the same conversation I was having with really young women that wanted to work for me. And it it wasn't evolving over time. And that's that's when I decided in 2013 to start using the word brag and to help people do it. So I have to know, because you obviously are so confident and you wrote this book, did you figure out first how to brag about yourself or was this something that was just kind of innate in you? It was always in your gut and you were just more confident in your workplace and then you just automatically started transcending that onto other people. So I talk about this all the time. There are definitely areas where I'm super confident. Obviously, I'm very confident in talking about my work because I have to be because I literally wrote the fucking book on it. Can I swear on this podcast? (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I literally wrote the fucking book on it. And that can feel like a weird trap sometimes because there are days when I, I mean, I'm someone who has both anxiety and depression and sometimes think I ain't shit as many people do. You're on the right podcast. Um, You know, (laughs) and so that's a very hard interplay because of what I do professionally. Um. I was never afraid to use my voice and I credit that there are lots of barriers to bragging and feeling comfortable talking about your work and I want to be very clear that bragging better is stating facts about your work strategically and cohesively to advance your career at any level it is irrespective of a level of seniority so you know maybe that's raising your hand in a meeting maybe that's an internship maybe that's a corporate board seat I have a very vocal mom Um, I think that we derive a lot of our relationships around bragging and voice particularly for women around what we're seeing what we see when we're younger not necessarily parents that can inform it but maybe how classmates treat us um I don't I wouldn't say I was always loud but I feel very very grateful that I was never told to be quiet that was that was not Mm -hmm. something I ever saw performed to me so one thing I always make really really clear though is the reason why I wrote Brag Better, the reason why I speak and train on this is like, this is a skill set you can learn. It's a skill. It is a misnomer that you should know how to do these things. That's not true. It's just not true. And it comes, quote unquote, naturally to like three people. I mean, I sound good and have a strong message because I've been refining it for a decade. Um, and that's why it sounds good. I try it all the time. Sometimes it falls really flat. Sometimes it goes well and I use a particular word and note it. But you should not know how to do these things. You don't have the words to do it. You don't have the role models to do it. And we have a really intense inverse relationship between volume and merit, which is overarchingly what I care about is that your accomplishments are worth talking about, but also that we get 
more thoughtful voices in positions of power across the board. Yeah, I mean, definitely that's, you know, two great topics for a conversation. And then, you know, bringing back to kind of the audience thing that I was talking about, because I know just in my personal life, like with my friends, and I even jotted down a note just to, you know, see if this is something that translates to just in your world or what you're maybe seeing from the response of your book too on social media is I'm surrounded by young women that put their lives, I mean, pretty much whether it's at a professional level or just normal level on the internet and are trying to get jobs out of college or get a new job or finding the right thing or even just be being confident in what they're putting out into the world. And I guess I wonder, do you find that this is something also that is just a personal thing because we're sharing so much that it's almost like you have to dumb yourself down so you don't look a certain way on the internet. Like, so you don't seem a certain way when you meet someone for the first time, you don't seem like one of those girls. And I feel as though, you know, personally that, you know, I'm from the Midwest and I just have this certain makeup where I'm extremely self-deprecative. I'm, ex- I want to say extremely grounded and humble. So in turn, I just talk shit about myself all the time. So it's like, how do we, as you know, young women learn to brag better, but also in every facet of our lives, not just getting that job or getting to that position that we maybe want to have. Yeah. So I wrote brag better specifically to help people understand The bragging is simply stating facts, and when packaged correctly and when you work on controlling the narrative of your career, it can propel it forward. But there are a lot of other applications and a lot of considerations, and it's hard to be a woman who has chosen to put herself out there. I talk about that all the time. My clients are very scared because they know they have to be out there for their careers, but it's hard to be a woman on the internet. Um, And you have a very big following and thinking about, you know, the things that people say and the way people treat women is one of the reasons why it can be very hard to be a woman who wants to be proud of her work because that's inherently, or proud of herself, because that's inherently a radical act to stand there and say, I'm proud of the work that I've done and I'm not apologizing for it, um, won't always win you uh, as much praise or all of the sort of accolades that you want, but I encourage it because it moves the needle so that you can propel yourself forward. That being said, it's not easy. This is so hard for women because... Of the factors I said, you know, I call my audience the qualified quiet, people that have done the work but don't know how to talk about it, which is a strength and not a weakness, and to some degree, all of us. And and this is all tied into imposter syndrome and confidence and but for women, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. It's like not enough ends. Um, so I think that, you know, I'm encouraging women to be visible and to and and that visibility, quote unquote, could just mean like raising your hand in your college class. But when it comes out online, you know, thinking about your goals and sort of working backwards from there is what's important. But for women, you know, you're judged on metrics that men are not. We, you know, we have this, we reward loud, we reward the wrong voices. For women, we want you to be really visible until we deem that you're too confident or too visible and then we're gonna start insulting you. And um also for women and positive attributes historically have been associated with passive behaviors, particularly ones that meant silence. So coy, demure, shy, um, and social media. I have so many young women that ask me about it all the time because it's a scary, hard place to be, you know, for you, for example, it's been a tremendous tool. Um, and it is, it is a tool, but it's hard. Um, and thinking about how you want to use it for good and what's going to make you feel okay. I mean, we all don't feel good sometimes when looking at Instagram. I've been very careful to like unfollow anyone who makes me feel anything 
bad. I'm like, oh, bye-bye. Um, I have, like, no qualms about unfollowing everyone. I mean, there are, like, a couple of people who I can't stand, but I, like, kind of know them, so I have to mute them. But, like, <laughs> um, but, but that stuff is hard. And you're you're judged on so many factors. And, yeah, for people that are coming out of college or thinking about getting their first jobs and thinking about social media, like, I want you to think of it as a tool and not a burden. And it's, it's a very, very fine line to walk. It's hard. Um, but particularly since we're sort of behind screens it is a a tool we need even more because you can't be in person yeah no definitely and it's you know it's something that you can be a part of on any level I mean the younger you get like the younger kids are getting the faster they're getting Instagrams and it's just you know even my friends have to mute people like you were saying they don't have a public following but social media makes them feel like shit or they're like oh should I post this about work like I literally don't want to brag like that's just in us young females vocabulary. And it's when reading parts of your book, I was just like, oh my God. I was just like, she, like, this is genius. Cause it's like, no one has spoken up and said, there's all these kind of, you know, toxic like phrases that we've kind of even mm-hmm. now associated that are, tr- we're trying to make it positive, like hustle and girl boss. And it's like, that's still not giving us an end to the mean that we are struggling with, which is just like, we can work hard and just be proud of it. We don't have to like keep hustling and keep proving ourselves and doing it. Like you said, the qualified quiet where it's like, I'm hustling and never speaking up about it. Or my friend did this and she's embarrassed to tell us. And I think one of the things too, it's like you said, they're the qualified quiet, but then also you say how like self-awareness can really stop you from ever bragging. And so are those two in the same or do you feel, because I feel like I identify probably with both, I guess. I think I'm me and my friend literally were together last night and it'll be the podcast right before yours. So this will be a funny tangent to add on to last week's episode. But we were saying like, we're so self-aware to a fault where we like go to bed at night and rethink everything we said. Like what, how did we affect people? Did we get our message across? Like, what do they think of us? And you know, like after this interview, I'm going to be like, what did I do? Did I do a good job? Like just so self-aware to make sure that you feel okay. I know that I did a good job on you. I don't want to be too proud of myself. I don't want to be too strong because I want to make you feel comfortable. Is that being self-aware? Is that being qualified quiet? Like how do we even notice that we're doing it? I mean, obviously the number one tip here is buy the fucking book, (laughs) but what are kind of like the small things, like you said, like raising your hand. It's like, where do we, as the Amazon order is coming through to our houses about brag better, where do we start? Yeah, so I will say, um, if you do purchase the book, thank you. Um, I narrated it in a closet in quarantine, so you can also get the audiobook, but you can request it from your <laughs> local library. I also wrote a free chapter on the Brag Better website, brag-better.com, on how to brag better from home and online, which I wrote during the pandemic. Um, a couple things, like there's, I have so much to say about that, but um, nobody knows what you've done until you tell them. So I always want to reiterate that bragging is simply stating facts and you have to communicate those facts so that people can reward you. Um, A friend of mine, I did about 20 incredible interviews for this book, but a friend of mine talks about how bragging is just good reporting on your career. You are also in a position right now where we're all working in an emergency and you cannot drop by your boss's office or pull a colleague aside and say, hey, I thought I did a really good job on that presentation. Like, what do you think? Um, so it has to be just really, really more overt than ever. But it can be really small. Maybe you're calling a friend to share a win. Maybe you post something on social media that you did that you're proud of and don't apologize for. Maybe you raise your hand in a meeting. 
maybe you buy the domain of your name and consider making a personal website. Maybe you get a new headshot. This is a skill that you refine. It's a skill. It's a learnable, teachable skill. If you feel like you're bad at it, you're so not alone. It's what I do for a living. Um, And if people felt okay about it, then I wouldn't have a job. So there's (laughs) that. And then there's also just being really cognizant of the language you're using. So anything like I hate to brag, but or shameless self-promotion or self-promotion alert or shameless plug. Um, There are ways to be open about how difficult bragging is. It's universally difficult. That's why I do the work that I do. But you want to invite people to be in it with you. So let's say, you know, I was proud to be on this podcast. If I say like, oh, self-promotion alert. I was on this podcast. Here's the link. The problem is that anxiety is transferring to your reader. Um, So if I post that on Instagram and I'm someone, I'm, you know, scrolling, if someone posts something like that, I don't know what to do because I can tell you're uncomfortable. And so instead I'm going to shut down and not listen to it. There are ways to have calculated vulnerability, which being proud of yourself and your work and talking about it is an act of vulnerability. That's why it's hard and scary. It's scary to put yourself out there. And especially as a woman, be like, I'm proud of my work. Oh my God, what a radical act. Like, I can't believe you're proud of yourself. Like, how dare you think you're good or whatever? You know, um, we're so willing to accept the criticism and accepting the praise is also part of the job. But, you know, you can say, I was nervous to do this podcast, you know, it, but I did it anyway and here it is. Or you could say, you know, I was really proud to be on this and here's the link. I would love if you would take a listen. And then, someone sees it and they have a big podcast and never considered that maybe you were interested in doing podcasts and book you and so on and so forth. I mean, the point is this is something that propels your message and your work. Yeah. It's, you know, as you were saying it, I was actually going to ask you like where almost the line is to of, and you kind of said something along the lines of calculated vulnerability in a sense of, you know, okay, I'm really nervous to go do this podcast, but I'm doing it right before you said that I literally had the thought of my friend and you know, a lot of us, we want to be authentic. We want to share these things. That's why I'm having this conversation with you. And I think it's, I just want to reiterate too. It's like, you can be vulnerable and honest with how you're feeling without in a self deprecating, like kind of quirky, like shameless plug. (laughs) And it's more so like, yeah, I was really nervous, but like I did it. And, but my mind, can't even finish the sentence because I'm like and I mean I guess you could check it out if you want to but like you don't have to like it's just yeah getting to the place where it's more honest and less just goes into a joke I guess is what I'm trying to ask if that's the line (laughs) I have friends that will do this and then I will dm them and say let's let me help you rewrite that because I'm a writer I mean that's that's why I'm able was able to write brag better as this vocabulary because we don't you don't have the words to talk positively about professional accomplishment which is why I have to use the word brag which isn't a pretty one People have told me not to use it, but there just aren't any other ones. So the language around this stuff, like you should know how to do these things, but you also don't have the words to do it. And there often aren't good role models. So let's talk about the like being too much, too obnoxious, bragging too much situation. This, in my opinion, ties into imposter syndrome, which, you know, everyone, imposter syndrome, everyone will find out I'm a fraud, like I'm not good at my job. And I always think that that's very similar to people who are afraid they'll brag too much. People that do brag too much or people who that aren't good at their jobs like don't have those thoughts. So those thoughts are actually an indicator that you are good at your job and that you are worthy of bragging. Like any, I'm. it's almost impossible to brag too much if you're worried that you'll brag too much because people that do are not worried about that. 
So right. um, that worry is actually just a good barometer and indicator that you're someone who is self-aware. I think it's interesting that you point out the imposter syndrome type, because I think that's where, at least for young women, like I was saying on social media, that's where the fear comes from. It's, I am self-aware and I know this, but other people who I know are doing it too much and it's over. I don't want to look like them. So now I become even more self-aware. And so it's kind of taking those baby steps, baby steps, like you said, to just change the language, just do those little acts. And I think just before I obviously let you go and, you know, obviously everyone, I just so strongly encourage you to buy this because I think it's so unspoken about and so important. I mean, for someone who can get on a podcast and talk all day long and still not am able to brag about myself. And I think you said what's really important too, like you have to also take the, take the praise from other people, say thank you, and also be able to brag about your friends. I think it's so cool when you're able to start even with your friends and then get that confidence going and be like, okay, I'm bragging about you. You're liking it. You're bragging about me. Like this is safe. And I guess it's just kind of, you know, hearing from you, why is bragging so important, especially I guess for my young female audience? we know it's a skill. I know I have faith in everyone listening to that. These are women that are capable of learning this from you. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know why we need to, because I'm so comfortable being self-aware and self, self-aware and self-insulting. Yeah. So let's talk for a quick second. I, I talk a lot in the book about the difference between verbal undercutting and self-deprecation. Mm -hmm. Self-deprecation is being able to poke fun at yourself and, you know, make a little fun um, but verbal undercutting just basically ends up screwing you, uh, in the sense that verbal undercutting means you are undercutting your work. So if you share something and say, oh, but like, you know, look at it only if you want or whatever, the whole point is you did that thing. It's a fact, bragging is stating facts and you want other people to see it so they can recognize you and give you other opportunities. And I will say like, it's really easy to look at someone and say like, oh, she's, so obnoxious or she's so it's when you decide to talk positively about yourself and your work and your schoolwork or wherever you are I said it's a radical act but it also is going to threaten a lot of people um, and it's much easier for them to say oh she's so obnoxious which guaranteed has been said about me than it is because it highlights something that other people can't do so it's so much easier for someone to say that I'm super obnoxious than it is for them to say, wow, she is talking about her work. I could never do that. That makes me really anxious. So instead, I'll just insult her. I mean, that's what's happening there. Um, and it's it's a hard thing to do and learn to like put a period at the end of the sentence when you share something. And usually we're afraid like what you're doing in that instance is you're insulting yourself before someone else can because you're afraid someone will, which is a very valid concern, but usually doesn't happen in the way you think it will. Like, I mean, there are people who have garbage to say on the internet all the time, but it's never exactly whatever mean thing you've said to yourself. Like that's, you you know yourself way too well. So particularly for young women, I mean, bragging better is a team sport. It is part of your job to pass the mic, share the mic, brag on behalf of in service of other people. You never know who you could be inspiring. We need to get more diverse, thoughtful voices into the mix. Um, you know, this is related to privilege. If you're someone that people listen to, that is a privilege. Um, and so it's your job to also pay it forward. But yeah, bragging for your friends, asking your friends to brag for you. Um, 
it it feels nice it's free to do um and then also adds just a culture of healthy pride because you don't know who's looking on i mean i get lovely messages from people and how they feel about the book and that's really great but for every one of those there are a lot of people watching who maybe see that they can do something because you've decided to do it yeah no a hundred percent i think it's i mean like i said it's just such a interesting and such a tool a toolbox I'm always saying you know it's going to be a cycle we're always going to be balancing and juggling but this is something that we can really look at as really amazing tools to add to our box and the one that we're building as young women in our 20s and figuring out every part unteaching ourselves these things to even think I want to be clear that a lot of this is a systemic problem so I'm not going to pretend like if you brag better you know, systemic racism or the wage gap is going to disappear. Every time you do choose to use your voice, particularly if you're a woman, particularly if you're just not a white man, it does put pressure on that system. But yeah, I mean, we have to change who we listen to. And it's also worth bringing men into the mix here for them to understand that it's not about them being quiet. It's actually about them helping co-sign our voices. Um, Because even scientifically, when they do, it's more likely to be heard, um, which is frustrating, but it's science. So This is a skill that you can start at any point in your career, and it's one that you're going to continue to refine. It's just a muscle you have to flex. That's all it is, and it's one you can can learn. And share it with other people. Share the mic. Brag about your friends. Yes. And I think, honestly, it just feels fucking good. Like, being able to say to my friends, like, hey, can you promote this I'm really proud of it and then they're just excited and it's like this weight is lifted and then it's like the small little things that add up to hopefully one day like you're saying the bigger systematic problem and just keep sharing and spreading and bragging in the way that Meredith tells us to do from the book I don't want anyone to get any ideas about just <laughs> you like using this word and writing your own book like this is this is specific I'm not giving you permission to just brag I'm a little nervous here Meredith yeah, I'm I would have to have rather, people buy this book. Yes, please buy Brag Better. But I would love to see more blatant bragging from women that might not be warranted because that's definitely the exception to the rule. Um, if you want to go be a blowhard, I would love to see more women blowhards. I mean, we know <laughs> lots of dudes who are blowhards. So like I always really exactly. appreciate that. But yeah, I'm talking about doing it in a refined, strategic way, stating exactly. facts about your work. We're not talking about making things up or putting other people down. But yeah, the team sport part of it, people want you to win and your friends want you to win. And, you know, when you share their work, they share your work and, you know, it's you can't get the visibility you can't do it by yourself either so yeah and I think that the reason I'm so excited for my specific listeners is I feel and I don't know in your community but in my community I think it's almost impossible for us to just take a compliment and to just be okay with ourselves and feel good about us in general like not even taking it from the book into the world like taking it from the book into just feeling it while we're reading it yeah, by ourselves. And that's, and that's part of the work too is like, you know, part of the work is bragging better and asking for recognition, whether that's money, whether that's press, whether that's a new follower, I, I don't know, whatever it might be. But yeah, the other half of the work is accepting that praise. And I mean, I fought for seven years to write this book and people write me lovely notes and say nice things and they just like wash over me and someone says one not nice thing and then I think about that forever. You right. know, it's, that's, that's something that I struggle with. I'm so eager to take on criticism, which mostly reflects on my own feelings about myself, which is a different podcast. But 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and so accepting that praise, accepting a compliment. I mean, you did all this work to state the facts, to show people so you can get the recognition, but are you going to be able to accept that recognition and not immediately say, oh, you know, I didn't do that good of a job or, oh, you know, it was really um, my team that did it. You know, I, I have lots of conversations with how to balance talking about your work versus when it is with a team and you can do both. Um, but yeah, that's that's really hard work um, because I am always looking for someone to tell me that I'm garbage and let me agree. So <laughs> looks through all the good DMs, sees the one that says you're garbage and you're like, let me tell you why I'm really not, but I'm super upset about it behind my uh, phone. Yeah. I, I do have to genuinely ask though, like genuinely, genuinely, when you're saying this to me, I have a very nice voice memo from a friend on my phone telling me she's proud. She loves me. Gratitude. Do I reply and just say, cause I want them to know how much it means to me but it's like, I don't want to dumb myself down. So I'm like, in general, if someone compliments you in your life, if someone compliments you on your work, do we just say, thank you? Say, thank you. That means so much to me. Thank you. That means so much to me. Heart emoji. <laughs> yeah. That means a lot to me or that made me feel nice or yeah, your friend's voice note be like, I saved this and this makes me feel good. Thank you. I appreciate you too. And sometimes, I mean, you got to practice doing that. And sometimes you don't feel it. Like I definitely do, you know, when people are like, oh, the book's great. I'm like, oh, thank you. That means so much to me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm ignoring that. You know, it's, it's it, the internalizing of it is, is a lifelong thing because so much of patriarchy and so much of our system is contingent upon women not feeling good about themselves. I mean, that's what so much industry and product is predicated on is this idea yeah. that we're going to make you feel like shit and then we're going to pretend we can fix it by saying we can sell you. So, and it's almost like we know that, but then we're like so aware of that. Yeah. We're not taking the extra step to like use our voices in the way that's actually just like from us, like being proud and like bragging. It's like, look at the problem, but everything, but also everything should you know? tell you not to be proud. I mean, you're right. You're in your, exactly. you're in your twenties, right? Yes. So I'm a little older. I'm 33, but I remember like it starts so early for so many reasons, but something I think a lot about now, I don't know what, I just think about it all the time. So I used to love Seventeen magazine and they would have the horror stories up front, which are like embarrassing stories. And I used to love them. And now I think about them and they were just like dumb shit that you shouldn't be embarrassed about. It's like my underwear is sticking out. It's like big. I mean, a culture of shame um, for women, for young women is, is, major cottage industry it's what all of these magazines it's what all of these beauty products bank on I mean I still buy them um, and that's sort of how it all works but yeah I mean so much of our world is predicated on um, making women feel small um, or asking them to be small whether that's to shrink their voices when they talk about bragging or shrink their bodies when we talk about diet culture I mean it's it, that's what it is and it's almost just I mean, getting to the point, which is what me and my friends talk about is, you know, when you leave a room and someone says, like, I love you, you're so great, I'm so proud of you, and feeling how they think of you and feeling that actually in yourself. It's great to get a compliment. It's great to, you know, start bragging better with your friends, but also that second half that we were talking about of, like, actually feeling it and being confident enough to start seeing that thing and weed it out because it, it takes a lot to rewire your brain and to be like, oh, I actually don't need to fit into a size extra small or I don't need to look like that girl on Instagram. It takes like consistent just rewiring and practicing these skills. And so I think it's just such an incredible conversation just to even start 
with, cause I know if everyone's listening, whoever's listening, they probably just are just as anxious and moody as me. That's why we have the podcast. So I, mean, I know same. this needs to start with ourselves and, and, and same. it's just same. Yeah. Like with the, I mean, I feel very glad that I didn't have Instagram in high school or middle school or college. I would have died. I mean, I would have, <laughs> I already, you know, it's comparison and comparing yourself to just straight up unrealistic standards. I mean, that's always like what the media has done in, in women's media in particular has, has worked on this, but there's so much damage that has been done. But yeah, I mean, so much of our world is predicated on making women feel small and particularly, you know, in brag better, that's about making you feel small with your voice and how you can combat that. But it's not, it's not all you. I mean, I'm very careful. A lot of books like this put the onus on the reader. It's like not about up to you to fix yourself or something. That's not like a broken thing. It's a skill that will advance your work. But it's also a system problem. I mean, we we reward the wrong voices um, and we have for a really long time and I hope that that will change. Um, and in the meantime, here's like some things that you can actually do. Yeah. And to feel better and propel yourself and your career and all this stuff better. And I like that you said that about a lot of books that it's like on the reader. It's like, not like you are the worst, get your shit together or whatever those books are called. I'm like, someone's like, have you read that? I'm like, don't fucking care to like, I'll yeah. be a mess over here. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those like professional development books or self-help books, I'm very wary of because it makes you feel like you are the problem. I mean, right. the book is very, very, so there are 20 interviews. It's 10 years of case studies and tactics and skills. This is not about a feeling. So I really cared that a lot of books around quote unquote empowerment, brag better is not only for women, the qualified quiet is irrespective of gender, but um, it's, like, here's what you can do today, tomorrow. Here's how to run yourself like a PR campaign. But it's never like be more confident. I think it's so unfair. And I talk about this all the time. And people call me all the time for consult. You know, they're like, oh, I was told in the job review to be more confident. Like that's a blanket emotional statement like that is not fair. Confidence means different things to different people. Um, and so the like message of be more confident is is profoundly unhelpful. Yeah, it's almost like what is like, what does that you, mean? How is that helpful? What is the skill you're telling me to acquire? Right. right? And I'm like, well, here are five things you can do in the next 15 minutes. Here are five things you can do in the next week. Here are five things you can do in the right. next month versus like, oh, you should feel good about your work. Like if that were that easy, my work wouldn't exist. Um, and you have to tell people what to do, not how to feel. Yeah, no, definitely. And like you said, it everything affects us differently. Success means different things to different people. Confidence means every like it's just insane because we're all so unique and oh my god I just can't wait to read this book I'm sorry I'm just like obsessed like I just like you said it's not self-help help or maybe I was saying it maybe you were saying it but I'm just so over analyzing everything you're saying because I need to remember it but well, we have it recorded so you can listen to it <laughs> exactly it's you know it's I, I love when um women like you give other women skills it's not telling me I have a problem telling me to feel a certain way feel empowered and preaching toxic positivity onto me. I, I can't deal with that. So I love, and I'm so grateful for women like you that give other women, especially the young woman listening skills. So genuinely, thank you so much. Thank you. And it's, it's great to, it's great to chat. And I hope that brag better is helpful for your audience, whether you get that in audiobook form or written form or that free chapter. And, uh, I mean, you can find me everywhere, meredithfeynman.com. The book is called Brag Better, wherever you get books. Uh, there is, and it will be linked yes. in the highlights of our Instagram, and it will be in the description of the episode as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.